This is The Authentic Professional. Real discussions with real people who work real jobs and live real lives. The Authentic Professional is hosted by Jacinta Gallant, a collaborative lawyer, mediator, and conflict trainer who decided to bring more of who she is to what she does. I'm Jacinta Gallant, and with me as always is my co-producer, Taylor Smiley. Hi, Mom. Taylor and I just got back from Chicago, where we attended the annual networking forum for the International Academy of Collaborative Professionals. What did you think of Chicago? It was beautiful. It was a whirlwind 36 hours for me, but <laughs> I would love to go back. Yeah, sadly, at this, at this point in your career, you spent most of the time inside, in the, co- inside the conference hotel. Yes, but I did get out to see the Bean, which was very cool. Yeah, what's cool about the Bean is also the people that wander around. You know, there's there's people from all over the world there to see this spectacular mirrored Bean. Yeah, people from all over the world love that stuff. <laughs> I guess so. <laughs> I we know. certainly, they, they loved asking us to take their picture in front of the Bean. Yeah, we got some pictures taken too, to be fair. Yeah, I kind of like to think that people thought we were local, but... I don't think anyone that was there was local. No, I don't think so. (laughs) Anyway, it was a wonderful conference as always, and as certainly proof that lawyers can be very fun. And fill up the dance floor really quick. And stay there for the night. Yeah. Yeah. And so I was glad you had a chance to meet the many friends that I've made over the years from around the world who are really serious and effective lawyers looking to do work in a different way. Yeah. It was nice to finally put faces to the names I've heard you tell stories about throughout the years. Yeah. So some of those names are the people that we're interviewing in this podcast. We met with uh, two lawyers from Switzerland and one lawyer from Scotland. And the podcast that you're going to hear today should help you understand really the both the challenges and the similarities of trying to practice law and be authentic, be your true self, no matter where you're working. Yeah. And these three are definitely caring and professional and authentic and fun. Yeah. Yeah. So you're going to hear today from Katja Sahe from Switzerland, Roman Kern from Switzerland as well, and Kath Carlin from Scotland. There were lots of fun to interview and I really appreciated their really sincere descriptions of how they ended up going to law school. Very sincere when you listen to what Kath had to say. And relatable for some of us. (laughs) And relatable, particularly for anyone who's been through the law school experience. But let me just introduce Katja Sahe was born in Germany and studied journalism before she became a lawyer. She moved to Switzerland in 2002 and is a partner at Goldbach Law Firm in Zurich. Katja is a collaborative lawyer, a mediator, and a professional coach. She's also a certified martial arts kung fu instructor. That's and teaches cool. <laughs> She teaches Zen meditation. So among other things, she likes scuba diving, which she describes as meditating underwater, teaching about collaborative practice, which is a passion we share, reading books, and traveling. You're also going to meet... Roman Kern, who is a lawyer also in Switzerland, but in a small city of St. Gallen. 
He indeed did his law training in Switzerland, but also went on to do a master's in law at the University of Hong Kong. And he focused on information technology and intellectual property. Kind of interesting when you think about the fact that he then went back to Switzerland to serve the community where he was raised and to do really good work as a collaborative lawyer and mediator. Roman will also say that he loves art, literature, and good food. And he's very well dressed. He is. I gotta say, he's, he's a styling guy. And as for good food, I've had, I had a couple of really good meals with Roman when we were in Chicago. That was really nice. Now, Kath Carlin is a Scottish family law specialist, a highly respected lawyer who practices in her own firm in Edinburgh. She's created a niche firm so that she can focus on delivering the kind of high-quality service she wants to provide to families going through separation and divorce. Kath's been at the forefront of introducing new methods and approaches of handling separation and divorce in Scotland and is a leader in the collaborative practice and mediation movement there. So together, Katya, Roman, and Kath are on the executive of the, of the European Network for Collaborative Practice. They're to promote collaborative practice as a choice for families going through separation and divorce throughout Europe. I hope you enjoy the interview. Katya, I'd like to start with you. And the first question I'd like to ask is, what led you to choose a profession in law? That's a good question, actually. Um, I think I wanted to help people, and I didn't recognize that it was very hard work to become a lawyer. And to be honest, I started working as a mediator before I started working as a lawyer. Oh, that's an interesting difference. It is, it is. So that tells you that I'm really not a person who is very good with conflicts. <laughs> or that you are very good with them, and that's why you're a successful mediator. Maybe that's could be that could be a reason yeah so why the move to law school actually I was working as a journalist I was studying journalism and I was bored out of my head with oh really the, with the studies and um, actually it was by accident really by accident uh, I felt challenged by law because I couldn't understand it right away so I wanted to find out and yeah, that's why I'm a lawyer now. So when you went to law school, knowing what you had already experienced in your life, did it change you? Law school really changed me, yes. Uh, it made me think very precisely, very logical, less emotional. But I return to that because this is not my nature, right? Yes. So how did you find your way into a rewarding, a rewarding family law practice? Through the mediation, actually. Working as a mediator actually gave me the tool to really help people. And uh, I could not help them just by explaining them their rights according to the law, okay? Um, and mediation gives responsibility back to the conflict's party. And my support is 
rewarding as a mediator. Um, but I wanted to connect both, okay? Connect the knowledge of the lawyer and the support of the mediator. And this is what I found a few years later, actually. And what do you call what you found? Collaborative law. I, I found it in 2004 when we heard about it the first time in this Zurich Bar Association. And I went up to the seven people who introduced this and I yes. said, this is the missing link for me. So, yeah. <laughs> so how so? How is the, the missing link? It gives me the possibility, it allows me to give my creativity and my knowledge in the process, which I'm not allowed as a mediator. I have to be, you know, I have to be without giving advice, without giving ideas, and I was missing something. Mm. So it, it, interestingly, so in English we'd use the word advocacy. Yes. And so as a lawyer, being able to bring advocacy that also addresses those more important pieces around emotion and how things are impacting people led you to become a collaborative lawyer and in fact to lead really the European drive towards collaborative practice. So now you are the current president of the ENCP? That's right. Yeah. Yes. Tell us about the ENCP. I have to tell you when it started. It started actually in 2008 with an idea of, um, no, a little bit earlier. It started in the German-speaking countries, Germany, Austria, Switzerland. They had a connection and it grew from there. And in 2008, I think we had the first meeting of Europeans. And for a long while, it was just a network of people meeting twice a year and uh, exchanging our experiences and uh, becoming friends over the years. Roman, I'd like to talk to you now about your experience becoming a lawyer. Tell us a little bit about where you live in Switzerland. Uh, Jacinta, I live in a city called St. Gallen. It's a university city with around 60,000 inhabitants. And what led you to go to law school? Um, I was very pragmatic when I chose to study law. Um, I went out of high school and chose it because I thought this would be a study that I could have a job afterwards. And at the same time, I... Like I had many talents and, and um, thought about studying literature or languages or art history. Um, so law was somehow a combination of that because it's also about stories. It's uh, text-based studies. It's about logic and values and morals. So it actually combines a lot of that. Did your interests seem to be satisfied in the law school process, being in law school? Partly. My university allowed me to, or even asked me to study languages. I had to take two foreign languages and could also take some cultural classes. And of course, the, the study of the different fields of law is, is quite broad, actually, and tells a lot about society. 
Did you feel like a typical law student entering law school with those interests? Um, I guess not, no. But I still embrace the law and still do today. I'm really glad to hear that because more and more people, including my co-producer, who was my daughter, recent law school graduate, um, I think that there is this sense that there is a stereotypical law student and lawyer. And the reason I'm just appreciating you sharing what those other interests were is that I think that there are so many of us who have those complex, broad-ranging interests that it's nice to hear about. So in choosing where to practice law and how to develop your profession, what ideas did you have going into this and what led you to family law? I started with um, business law, actually. I was a competition lawyer in a law firm in Zurich. And when I went for an LLM program, I decided I want to work with people. I want to represent them. I want to help them be more in touch, have meetings with people, not just uh, once in a while a phone call with a CEO. And so family law, you know, there are other ways to work with people. What led you to separation and divorce? I had some practice from the time when I was working at the court. So I, I knew this would be a field that, that is very close to, to relationships, to interaction with people. It's, it's a tough field to work in. But it's also a field that I thought I could add value to, to, the, to the couples that are involved. So, Roman, living in a smaller city in Switzerland and practicing family law, do you, ever have, do you ever have those uncomfortable moments where you run into someone that you might have cross-examined in a court proceeding? It happens once in a while that I meet clients or counterparties um, in a store on the street. It does happen, but... I think that's okay. Sometimes they say hello. Usually I don't approach them also for reasons of client attorney privilege. Roman, let's talk about your role with the European Network for Collaborative Practice. Okay. Um, Katja and I are both delegates from the Swiss organization called Collaborative Law and Practice Switzerland. And we represent Switzerland in this European context. And both Katja and I are on the board of, of the... ENCP. So what is the goal of ENCP? I mean, honestly, if, from a Canadian perspective, we often hear about all the challenges of, of having Europeans come together in a unified way. I mean, pretty soon, I mean, Kath, let, let's, let's not get into the whole Brexit discussion, but, but truly thinking of bringing together um, lawyers and other professionals what are the challenges and what are, your, what are your hopes in terms of keeping this going? I think we have some similar challenges to, to master and coming together and sharing them and working on a plan helps us. Also, we try to make it more popular and make it more known among European citizens. So we are working on um, strategies to do that um, together so that not every country has to do it on, on its own. Right. I mean, there, there are many members of the public think that lawyers who are handling divorces just want to make things worse and make more money. Is there that perception in Europe? There is this perception for sure. Um, 
sometimes the clients also asked us to make it worse. <laughs> to, to be tough lawyers, to 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 dis distract or destroy the uh, uh, the counterparty, and um, there we have a message for them to say: um, Do you want to win or do you want to ha be happy? Right. So in collaborative practice, this allows us to um, find better solutions, sustainable solutions, and also self-determined solutions for the parties. Well, thanks, Roman, for sharing that. We're going to talk about the upcoming conference. But first, I want to hear from our, our lovely Scotswoman, Kath Carlin. Kath practices in Edinburgh. And Kath, one of the questions I want to ask you straight out is, how was law school? <laughs> law school was boring, 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 boring. <laughs> It's yeah. an undergraduate program straight out of high school in the it UK. It is, yes, it yeah. is. We go straight in from high school. We do um, either three or four years, depending on honours, and then we do a, a diploma, and then we do a two-year apprenticeship or traineeship. Um, so it's a seven-year total training nightmare. Yeah. Oh, did, yeah. <laughs> did, did you get a sense of, of, because you would have been a lot younger going through the law program, do you have a sense that it changed you at all, law school? Uh, no, not really. Um, I didn't really go very much. I um, <laughs> didn't go to lectures. I um, went out clubbing and um, really wasn't particularly interested in it, I have to say. I don't really think I learned anything. <laughs> I cribbed, you know, I cribbed other people's notes and, you know, just passed exams and arrived um, in my traineeship really clueless, I have to say. Didn't really know what I was doing. Well, you must have figured it out because you're a successful lawyer who is you know, leading the charge to bring collaborative practice to families in Scotland. So what changed? What changed? Well, I had to figure it out. I mean, obviously, I'm, you know, I'm, I was driven, I guess, a little bit by having to pay the rent and things like that. So I had to actually, you know, get with the program and <laughs> um, sort of start making money for my firm. I'm, I was lucky enough to start in a litigation practice. Um, I was doing commercial litigation and I really loved it. And I, um, you know, really enjoyed the drama and sort of the theatre of court. And, um, you know, that really, you know, made me want to sort of, you know, actually be good at my craft. And I think I did become pretty good at it. Yeah. 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 So I, I've, I've had many years as a litigation lawyer, too. And, and, and I did. I have to be honest, I appreciated the drama, too. I, I mm. could enjoy that. I perhaps like you just decided it, it just wasn't a healthy way to work with families who were going through a difficult time. And so I eventually chose not to do court work anymore. But, but I hear that. I think it also can make us better at our, in our collaborative work because we've had that role of extreme yep. advocacy um, and can change the way we advocate in a collaborative way. What's been your experience with that? Definitely. I mean, I, I started off back in the 90s and back then um, it was really bad. You know, like sort of um, men got, I uh, didn't get sort of, you know, extended rights. I um, have access to kids. Women get custody. Uh, men's rights were cut off completely. It was really pretty draconian. Um, and I realised very quickly that um, I really didn't have a particular handle on stuff. I worked for a very busy legal aid practice. I was thrown 20 files in the morning, didn't know who the clients were, was going to court arguing you know, over custody issues, you know, people's lives. And, you know, probably making a mess of it, you know. The judge was making a mess of it too. They had no time to actually consider the case. Um, so I realised that actually there, there must be a better way, um, which made me do mediation. Um, I, I got really into that and um, enjoyed it, but felt very fettered. 
Um, mm -hmm. I couldn't, I'm a pretty directive person, you know, and I couldn't really do what I wanted to do, um, which was basically knock heads together and, you know, <laughs> <laughs> find a solution. So collaborative came quickly thereafter for me. I think I, I became a mediator in 2002, and then I became a collaborative lawyer, I think, in 2003. Um, so, and then I suddenly thought, my God, this is this is the way forward. This is it. You know, I can really, I can use my mediation skills, but at the same time, you know, actually give legal advice, um, and um, and work with other professionals. Yeah, um, one of the things that I find with working with other professionals who are not lawyers is that that sense of teamwork is enhanced. Oh yeah. And I just, I just like that there's someone else involved who can catch the ball if I drop it. Oh, absolutely. I mean, the amount of times that I'm, you know, as a mediator, you know, I've, I've come out of a two-hour, three-hour session with a migraine. And mm. now, you know, it's so good just having other people there who can, who can, you know, hold the ball for you. Also, I think having, you know, a, a coach is invaluable. You know, the amount of, you know, insight they have, you know, what they bring to the process. I, I mean, it's, I used to think I knew it all. <laughs> I'm beginning to know. I, I think. I think. I then realised I knew absolutely nothing, and gradually, 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 I'm beginning to sort of get back, you know, and sort of think, right, okay, I kind of understand what's going on here, but you know, I'm, I'm still bowled over sometimes. <laughs> but you know what the coaches say, and you know how you know how they tell me to manage stuff. Well, thinking you know it all is an occupational hazard for lawyers. Oh yeah. Um, I'd like to bring Roman and Katya back in because one of the things that's fascinating is the work that you're putting into making collaborative practice a European thing, that it's not just in pockets. Katya, tell us about the ENCP conference that's happening in Edinburgh in March. Okay, it's going to be, besides having a training aspect, it's going to be networking, okay? It's, uh, we have planned for Thursday, I guess for Thursday um, afternoon, evening, a network event so people can connect and um, also we have the General Assembly on Saturday and we will proceed with working groups that cover the main ideas and, and tasks of the ENCP which is the training of new lawyers, the continuing training of existing collaborative practitioners, um, the um, development of cross-border uh, participation agreements, which is uh, very important since we have many countries in Europe and we have a lot of binational couples that are divorcing too. And um, yeah. So a bit of fun, a lot of learning and getting some work done. Getting some work done. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so it's going to be three days, Thursday, Friday, Saturday. That's and, correct. Yeah. And I think the hosts are Consensus Scotland, Kath. Yep, the hosts are Consensus Scotland. Um, we're sort of jointly collaborating um, with the ENCP. I'm wearing two hats um, <laughs> as a board member of Consensus and a board member of the ENCP. So a lot of the organising is falling on my shoulders. But <laughs> well, <laughs> So you can congratulate me if it goes well and you can, uh, can, you blame can kill you? me if it goes badly well, wrong. All I want to say, listeners, if you can get to Edinburgh for these dates, the last time I was at a Scottish collaborative practice conference it was a total fun. 
it, you guys it will, are great hosts. It will be total fun again. And the networking event we have scheduled for the Thursday night is actually taking place in my office, in which I have a bar. Oh, <laughs> of course you have a bar, and I'm gonna I'm gonna say there'll be some pretty nice gin in that bar. Absolutely, and some nice whiskey, and some nice beer, and some nice wine. Yeah. Yeah. So it sounds like I mean one of the things that I love about collaborative practitioners and is that we get together to have fun, and that having that fun also helps us build teams that that make our work more enjoyable absolutely yeah absolutely so the joint encp and consensus scotland conference is on march 12th 13th and 14th in edinburgh scotland so if any of our listeners are interested in attending contact consensus scotland <laughs>